Welcome to another episode of Morning Coffee with your host, Rick Alexander. I started this show to talk about all of the interesting, complex, paradoxical, and sometimes uncomfortable aspects of the human experience. If you get anything from this show, the greatest compliment you could give me is to share this show with somebody that you think the message may resonate with or to head to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Additionally, if you want to interact with me, you can follow me at rickalexander underscore on Instagram. Without further ado, on to the show. MCP. Today, I want to talk about something that I've been thinking about and wanting to articulate for a really long time. Before I get into today's episode, I do want to say that the personal podcast project is open for one more day. I have a couple of spots left. If you're interested in getting a podcast that is designed based on your subjectivity, your psychology, your values, your personality, Um, please reach out. It's a three-step process. Each one of the steps is designed to be its own deep dive into self-reflection and growth work. So again, if you're interested in that, I will link it up in the show notes of this episode. Today, what I want to talk about is why we abandon our growth work. This is something I've noticed in courses, in my own work. There are certainly courses that I've started and not finished. I paid $5,000, I think, for a public speaking course, like building a speaking business. And I, I didn't finish that course. I, I don't even know that I got halfway through it. So I want to put myself in this category when I say there are certain times uh, where I've also abandoned this growth work. So I want to talk about why this happens, hopefully take a little bit of stigma away from it so that we can give ourselves a little bit more space. As a general rule, I think if we approach everything, whether we think it's positive or negative, if we approach it with curiosity and we try to understand what's happening, we'll end up in a situation that is more conducive to future growth. And so when I talk about growth work in this case, it really can refer to many different things, right? We can talk about working with a coach. We can talk about taking a course, starting a journaling practice. I've, I remember hearing a lot of people when I was doing this show a little bit more regularly would go to coffee shops, listen to these short 10-minute shows, and you could probably build an entire personal development curriculum if you just took the you know 250-plus morning coffee podcast and journal about what you're hearing, about what stands out to you, quotes that might make an impression on you. And in that process, you you can sort of lead yourself to deeper understanding. So growth work can be a lot of things. I'm really talking about any time that you start paying a particular attention to your own inner life. You start to prioritize what's coming up for you, what's emerging through you. Humanist psychologist Abraham Maslow really pioneered the idea that humans can consciously evolve and develop themselves, or he was one of the pioneers anyway. And he said himself that growth work is always two steps forward and one step backward. And I always try to remind my clients of that because something happens is when we perceive ourselves to be moving backwards, sometimes we instantly go to our narrative, which is like we beat ourselves up for it. We, you know, for whatever reason have decided that we must be moving forward. And if we don't, it's unacceptable. The problem is that that causes an inner war and is actually 
not conducive to growth. I've said it a million times, but the inner war is never one that we win, right? It's one that we actually have to give up on eventually. And so that brings me to a disclaimer, which is when I say we abandon our growth work, I don't at all attach a negative connotation to that, or do I mean it pejoratively in the least? We have this culture that's forward at all costs, and with that mentality, it's easy to beat ourselves up when we think we're moving backward. But I think it's important to acknowledge that the psyche is always seeking something. It's really important to me, I think just as a general rule, that when something seems negative to us, if we approach it with curiosity and we try to seek understanding, we're going to be in a much better position going forward rather than being divisive against what we perceive as negative. It's likely that a break is actually what's needed. Like, the, like as I said, the psyche is seeking something. And so often genuine growth work asks us to look inward. And in doing so, it actually moves us closer to our pain points, our scars, our traumas. And after all of that psychological activation It throws our internal sense of safety off, and we have to retreat from the action so that we can find center again. This is where a good therapist or coach or guide can be actually really helpful, because they can hold the integrity of the container so that you can unravel a bit and begin searching for your broken off pieces. Our coping mechanisms, the things that oftentimes we're hoping to grow through that aren't serving us anymore, it's important to understand that these are parts of ourselves that are actually, they're providing a service to us. They're actually protecting us something. And so when we start to move through them, we realize what life is like when we're not protected by them, right? And that can be really psychically activating. And growth, in any case, will just become impossible if one feels unsafe. This was another of Maslow's contributions, actually. The hierarchy of human needs puts self-transcendence at the very end of a long list of psychological and safety needs, which all must be met sequentially in order. So if you've seen the pyramid, for example, Abraham Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs that's been put into a pyramid, he didn't actually put it into a pyramid. People later did that, realizing that these needs are, they have to be met sequentially. So one reason that you may leave, you may abandon growth work, is that you actually just need the space and then you can come back later after you get it. And it's also, also possible that you simply have other needs that must be met first. You know, if you're in an abusive situation or a financially tough situation or you're malnourished, right? Maybe from finances and maybe just because those are the the patterns that you've learned to live in the world and those have made you feel safe. So what might be happening is that these needs are taking up so much bandwidth and emotional capacity that's being allocated to thinking about how you're going to get a survival need met. Because thinking about thriving has simply been taken off the table when survival isn't adequate. And that's, that's literally true, right? One of Maslow's conclusions was that when those needs are unmet, a person's ability to even dream about the future is literally diminished, right? So you can actually see a correlation between something like uh, eating poorly 
and your mental state and your ability to imagine what could be in the future. And I know a lot of the work that I do with clients actually has to do with beginning to visualize what progress toward your desires would look and feel like. Oftentimes we have to create a picture of where we want to be. I talked a little bit about this yesterday with Dr. Mike T. Nelson, but understand that that's actually compromised if our needs aren't sequentially met. There is no self-transcendence when we're hungry, malnourished, unsafe, anything like that. So needs really have to be satisfied first. And, and as I said, poor nutrition and a lack of movement will severely diminish your ability to conceptualize evolving. Now, another reason we abandon growth work is because of a regression toward the persona. Now, the persona, remember, is the mask that we wear for the world. And we don't wear a mask only because we think it helps us fit in. It itself is actually tied to a need. Most of us form our persona and we catalyze our identity based on who we think we must be in order to get belonging and love in the world. And that is non-negotiable for a social creature, this idea of belonging. We crave connection. We crave to be seen and to be heard. And these are core needs. And when we exist on an island, we wither, quite literally. This is one of the things that is most damaging about things like depression or shame. See, they convince you that you're alone and often that you deserve to be. Thus, we never reach out to others when we're drowning in sort of periods of darkness. And then the darkness grows. And ironically, we'd see once we began to reach out to others, the light would extinguish the darkness. So often, we slide backwards because deep down, we don't feel worthy of the light. And so as our growth work takes us closer to it, we reflexively push it away. In this case, we'll naturally find that we drift toward something else, right? The psyche is really good at going to the place of least resistance. Anything really, as long as it's not the growth work that's bringing us closer to the future that we don't actually feel worthy of. So another thing that happens is we spend years learning to craft our persona to get these elusive forces in our life like love. And honestly, we're just not ready to put that down yet because we still think that we need it. So what I'm saying here is this identity that we craft in order to get some sort of need met becomes very valuable to us. And so I believe this is one reason why the spiritual teacher Adya Shante says, you'll wake up when you're actually ready to. So our various callings in life, if they're genuine, will ask us to sacrifice parts of the persona in pursuit of the truth. And we'll spend time oscillating back and forth between what feels like progress and what feels like regression. And we regress towards safety because we feel exposed and maybe just a little too vulnerable without the mask. Again, too, I should mention that just because it feels that way doesn't mean that it's actually moving backwards in some ultimate sense. And this, I think, is the point of really all of this. Once you start the process of looking inward and taking on that noble search, though you don't know what you're actually searching for, one thing I feel confident about is that you've already set something irreversible in motion and you'll get exactly where you need to be exactly when you need to be there. 
Life wouldn't unfold any other way. Your destiny, or your telos, has already begun pulling you toward it. And so who are you to conclude that it doesn't need to pull you through the road with setbacks? You might need what you're being taught when it feels as though you're moving backwards. And so that's something to consider and to contemplate, especially when you reflexively feel like going to war with yourself and you feel that inner tyrant come out. Because you couldn't be who you are now if you hadn't gone through what you've been through. And so this is always the case. We're always oscillating. We're always moving forward and backward. But that doesn't mean that our destiny isn't pulling us toward it. We just might prefer another route if all things were equal. But give yourself a little bit of space because the psyche is a self-regulating system that's always seeking wholeness. And so if you learn to follow it, even if it feels like it's you're following it through regression, you'll end up right where you're supposed to be. I love you guys. Hope you have an amazing day. We'll talk later on Morning Coffee.